Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers <clears throat> TCG podcast. I'm joined by the freshly showered Scott of VectorSigma.info. <laughs> Everybody out there watching, listening to this, don't ask how I know, but I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Scott, so... we, we wanted to try and get you on... You know, on video because we we caught the rare shiny Scott Landis on a recent recording with other, well, the reigning world champion uh, Dan Arnold was hosting us on Verse Chats recently. So we, oh god, that could have been here now, but but alas, Discord is not. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm hoping that it's not just going to implode on us. So, uh, we'll see. I'm crossing my fingers, but. Uh, Let's get into it because we have a variety of topics uh, of different subjects as well as varying weight, I'll put it. Uh, And probably, well, not probably, the heaviest one we're going to get out of the way in the beginning. And this is an announcement that came, I don't know, like 45 minutes ago. Probably not unintentionally that it came so close to us doing a podcast. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> I'd like to believe we're that important. But um, so for anybody who's listening to this as opposed to watching it, the official Transformers TCG accounts put out the following message. And I'm reading this off of the tweet that they put out today on March 26th. Uh, In a world that's anything but normal, we hope to maintain some normalcy around our games and the community that is so important to so many of us right now. With that in mind, we're changing the global release date of Titan Masters Attack to May 29th. And there is a link to a longer Facebook post about it uh, with similar information, but this is the the main thrust. Uh, and I, I'm sure you're of the same opinion, Scott, but we've seen it in so many other places for so many other things that are obviously significantly more important than you know the card game we all love. But... We saw Magic as well make an announcement recently. Even without this announcement being made, it felt to me very much waiting for the other shoe to drop. As much as I try and avoid bringing real-life things into the Transformers CCG simply because I do want to give... I've said it before. I want to give people a break from things. Real life can get very serious. The fact of the matter is, is that I this kind of had to be done and based on the responses I saw at least on Twitter everybody's kind of in the same boat of course nobody's happy that this is going to happen or that, or that it is happening it's just the reality is you need to take care of your employees you need to take care of all of the ancillary related industries you know getting the cards to people getting into the card stores oh yeah the people who buy the cards you know it's if it's a responsible thing to do I applaud Wizards for making a very difficult decision. Like I said, I I kind of expected this to come down because we have seen the team, you know, they're always looking out for people's best interests, this included. Yeah, um, it wasn't, it it, it slowly became unexpected to me. I mean, so the first shoe to drop was the Diamond Distribution, which is a comic book and gaming distributor. Um, I think it was yesterday or the day before it said that they were going to stop um, like their warehousing, which I think honestly in our area is probably where a lot of them go, because I forget the name of their card distribution, but I yeah. recognize the name of it and that was where I know that a lot of people go to get their cards. So mm-hmm. from there, um, 
because if you go to like the Watsi site, you look up distributors, they're one of the, the main ones that's on there. So after that went down, I was pretty sure that it, this, this all was inevitable. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, the, the good thing is the, the main issue with, with, that I think was going, was going on is that there was an uncertainty around, um, like, so this set's unique because we have like a built, we have a buy a box promo, we have a um, an insert promo, and all this other stuff. So it was like kind of like, right. well, how am I? Uh, and there's like release day events, so it's like promo. So it's like, well, how is all this stuff going to go down? Like, yeah, there's a lot my, of logistical questions on that end very quickly. Yeah. So given that, I think that's probably why this was just the easiest. Well, mm-hmm. it's definitely the right decision, but it also answers a lot of those yeah, outstanding concerns as well, which I'm happy about because then there's not a lot of stuff like hanging out there in terms of all that kind of stuff. Exactly. I'm sure there were more creative solutions to try and check some of those boxes. But at the end of the day, like I mentioned before, it, we all love this game. We all, well, maybe not all, Dan being the exception, we all love Transformers. <laughs> Most of us love Transformers. Uh it, there are things that will supersede it, and I appreciate that Wizards is taking those or the whole team. I'm not sure who ultimately makes this sort of decision or how high it goes. Does it involve Hasbro? Does it, you know, who 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 officially signs off and says, "Yeah, this is getting to this point." Whoever did, whoever assisted in those decisions, uh, you have my appreciation. I guess my thanks because you you are considering all the other factors in this and. The, at the end of the day, it's a serious issue for a lot of people. Um, we're still going to get the set. There's still, you know, we have something still to look forward to. They didn't cancel anything. So it, I see somebody in chat saying there's some, there's some somewhat ignorant responses to this. And I hope people take a step back. I'm sure people were upset initially. Nobody's happy that it's getting delayed, but kind of needed to be done. Let's face it. Yeah, those same people are not the ones that move the dial. So yeah, um, don't get bogged like, down uh, by those if you see them. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there are 15 packs to buy a billion. Yeah, exactly. Still, uh, still, what's going on? Exactly. I mean, so. anything else you want to add on this, Scott? I mean, I think we're we're going to end up going in circles. It's it's very matter of fact. We know what the next stage is or the next point in time that we can look forward to, and it's this is the new reality. Yeah. Yeah, should be fine. So, uh, so everybody out there, again, don't be disappointed. We will obviously be getting the set. We'll get more news from Wizards. Uh, it's it's the best thing in the, at the end of the day. So we'll mm-hmm. leave it at that. So we'll move on from there and then actually talk about some of the cards that we can be looking forward to at the end of May. Now, we, we got a lot of interesting stuff, but quantity-wise, it hasn't been as heavy as we've seen in previous weeks. So Scott and I had discussed offline talking about the, I'm calling them the star stratagems, all the ones that give you extra stars at the end of the show. But we're going to go through everything else first and then tie the obvious ones to that subject towards the end. So we're going to lead off with Overrule. Overrule's a black pip single, uh, single, single black pip secret action. <laughs> I don't know why that sentence was difficult to get out. Um, <laughs> When it it's revealed when your opponent plays a white pip action card, you scrap that action and it has no effect. Uh, I guess we're going to get one of these for every pip 
color question mark <laughs> i guess so I, I i can't see this one ever seen play so if we hadn't already seen speed trap i could say this has a home as anti-combo just for the purpose of strictly dealing with uh equipment enthusiast and given that we already had counter espionage if you needed to diversify what you had um i don't know i i don't see any other reason to play this no not with any greens in it it's here i guess the only question is do you think we're gonna get a green and black pip one probably not this set but like i guess we'll get them eventually i guess so i mean like they don't i i think in the i think I think overall, I think the, the the power level of these cards, you know, having seen two of them already, mm. you know, that we have, we have two of them available to play, I should say, already. Yeah. Um, they're not that powerful. Like, um, I really feel like if you would have put a green and XYZ pip on them, that probably would have been fine and actually do what... I think the cards were intended to do, which is kind of diversify like your single color decks and things like that. Um, yeah, I, they definitely need another effect, or, or maybe not definitely need another effect, but as an alternative to more pips or hitting more pips, uh, as in like you know, so it's not you're you're on a wing and a prayer for them to play a white pip. It would be white or blue, and then something right. else. Um, I would like to see maybe you nail a specific pip. But then you, if it, it has a, a whiff effect, if that makes sense, you know, like if they don't play mm -hmm. it, you draw a card or something, I don't know, um, or a dual purpose that's useful, but not overpowering because otherwise these counter spells, which is really what they're intended to be, are just not getting there. Yeah. I, I wonder if like, I, I wonder like if there was, I mean, because at Origin, like at Gen Con, basically, like, you know, we, we ran Infiltrate. Like, I know I ran Infiltrate in my board and things like that, and, like, still brought it in occasionally, but I don't think it's had the universal acceptance and use, but I do think, unfortunately, it has. If you look at a lot of deck lists, I'm sure it looks like it's showing up in a lot of places, but is it actually doing anything? Probably not. Yeah, that's the thing. It, the scenarios where you can really set up a gotcha scenario and lock your opponent into a specific play or are few and far between. And even then it's, or even if you play it and it's a, a quote unquote guarantee, you're going to nail something. It's still the cost of you, you know, trading your action step for theirs doesn't seem to get you ahead enough. I don't know. Right. I mean, like, so a card like hidden fortification is basically just doing like, like it's like their supercharge, yeah. Like yeah, right. I mean, like you're just countering whatever the best ability they can pretty much play is, right? As so well as having usage. So, like against a blue deck, like hit hidden fortifications isn't great, but it's not dead, right? No, it's even better there a lot of times. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but times, yeah, well, yeah. There are certain scenarios where I'm. I mean, you get where I'm going with it. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, and that's why I think these. I guess the the thing is, is that, and they've said it many times before, that these are feel-bad sort of things, counter spells in other games, specifically Magic, we're talking about, have this long history of baggage and negative connotations to it. So I understand the, the 
compulsion to tread lightly. But yeah, I think I we're past that point now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think that I don't think any of these will ever see play in their in their way that they're currently constructed, unless they either make change them, like you said, add a green or give them some mm. some downside protection. I just don't see how these will ever see play. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of words for overrule, which is not uh, probably. Well, we took it into we took it into a general direction, which I like. Well, yes, it, that makes it more a more interesting discussion than just yeah, this yeah. card's bad. All right, let's move on. Right. So let's it's talk about the other battle card that we got, and that's supporting fire. Now, from through the grapevine, it sounds like there there are a lot of um, a lot of hot takes about this thing. So we'll get into it. It's a a blank pip action. One of your characters gets plus one attack until end of turn. It can attack untapped characters this turn as though they were tapped. Uh, is this exciting you, Scott? I mean, it, it is a unique power, we'll call it. I didn't want to say ability, but I guess same difference. Um, it's really hard to say. Like the, So, obviously, we have two, car- two characters in the game that can do this right now. Yes. Um, and I've played both in tournament settings before, and what I can tell you is, with both Razor Claw and Bumblebee, the issue was always their starting power wasn't high enough unless you were actually able to buff them with an upgrade and an ability. So, right, yeah, it was four and three respectively. So it it took right. some effort to get them to be a threat. So taking up one of those plays, but allowing it to be any character you want. That can do it is obviously like and gives you plus one randomly is a balancing factor. Um, right. I just I just think you're going to hit a a point where there you just have too many uh, blanks, and I don't know that this is and necessarily... there's enough that you want before this one. Yeah, you... I think so, but I mean it, that may not be true. I mean, it's definitely a powerful ability. It's only a power on. Like on control and control matchups, like you can't like hide the character. But again, like all you're really doing is like you're. How do I say it? Like, like it's allowing you to reverse who went first in certain situations. Does that make sense? Yeah, you kind of break serve, reverse tempo. Yeah, something like that. I I was actually thinking this would be more relevant for aggro mirrors, depending on what those aggro decks end up being. So you you try and steal an attack somehow. Now, since we have Airstrike Patrol, and I'll get to that, the question I have for you in a second, which is kind of a, it follows the Airstrike Patrol, but between Airstrike Patrol prior to that, we'll say Blaster or just Deployers, where not all of the targets are exposed, uh, it could get complicated as to whether you can or even want to attack some of these characters. Um, the untapped ones specifically, but the the question I had for you is: Do you feel that this sort of effect, like the world has passed it by, almost given where we're at? So that's why I was saying it follows from the airstrike patrol. It's it's. I was in our Discord. We were talking about it, and I had an idea in mind of when this would be relevant, so you could get it tailwind. But you, there are a lot of subquests that need to be completed for that bizarre scenario to happen like it's actually very difficult 
to get at the character you want in that matchup with this effect. And similarly, control decks, it's like, okay, you can get it prime, say, Galaxy Prime. Yeah. Sure. Again, it's going to take some some real hoop jumping to make that attack still matter. Do you feel the same way, or do you, do you think that it's just, it, we're missing something, or I'm missing something? No, I feel the same way. Um, although, although in fairness, I mean, right now, like, you know, the whole thrust sideboard strategy is basically trying to do the same thing to ensure that all your attacks are going in the, in the quote, the correct direction. Right. So, like, it's definitely a powerful effect. I just think oh, that I, there's yeah. more efficient ways of doing it where it doesn't, it doesn't. Like spending eight or nine stars and starting with it in play. <laughs> Whatever thrust I mean, costs. Yeah. I mean, the, the big issue here for me is that how many of them are you actually going to play mm-hmm. to act to, to, to like make sure that you can rely on this effect to match? Like you said, if it's like just an aggro matchup and you're like, oh, I'll just choose my target better, like, does that even matter? Like, like, well, it's, it's more stealing an attack kind of thing. So, like, when back when we were playing Predacons, way back in Wave 2. The advan- one of the advantages was, oh, well, I'll flip Razor Claw, get in on somebody that hasn't attacked yet, hopefully take them out, and now it's however many Predacon dorks I have left versus X minus one on your side. Uh, I don't know if that swing is going to matter because, again, if it's Airstrike Mirror, you're probably going to have to punch Prime or whatever right. guy they flipped because... That's the one they want you to go in on, sort of thing. Like yeah. You need them to make a mistake, basically. Yeah, I mean, like, it's really good against Insecticons because you don't have to attack Scrapnel. Right, uh, that's exactly where I was originally thinking, but that, I mean, not that Insecticons doesn't exist anymore, but that sort of aggro deck is just not very prevalent at the moment. Maybe it'll make a resurgence with the next set, but I mean, this dodges if somebody tries to block with a, a head. I guess. I well, I mean, if somebody's Titan Master blows up, they're sending in the head next, I assume, and then you can get around it to whatever guy they're trying to protect. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm reaching here. I mean, there's certainly situations where I think like. So you shouldn't ever have a bad target. You're just not always going to be able to attack where you 100% want to. Mm-hmm. And having to spend a card to do that, I think, is is not where you want to be because like, we're not spending a character to do it now. Yeah. So I think it's already been proven, given the fact that we could have been playing these effects. That like, And I get that, like, obviously, like a 10-star character in, 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 in uh, Legendary Beasts spot and then like even a five star character in laser claw like but that only requires one flip like i know there's i know he's been like random token five drop in certain decks at times but like yeah again like you have to have you have to sculpt a pretty perfect hand in order for him to actually do anything of value and, and right. I, I just don't think that i think sticking it on another character like doesn't really matter i mean like i guess if more characters were kind of like the way fangry is where like I have to be attacking somebody that's higher, like what I think, what higher or whatever. Like I have yeah. to be, you know, like if there was, if there were situationally powerful characters that your opponent could nullify just by playing certain cards in their deck and attacking in a certain order, then I guess this 
might see a home in those situations, but how many mm. of them exist? Like barrage, like I have to attack a damage guy. Like I mean, I mean, there's that. Is- there's that, or you could. So if we operate under the assumption that aggressive builds are going to sort of consolidate, and by that I mean, given the Titan Master mechanic, the running theory at the moment is that there's potential for three wide aggro to re-exist and they're going to aggro could get taller as opposed to being the wide structure that it has been so far mm-hmm. in recent history. If they get taller, now you can say, Oh, well my 10 drop is that can get at your characters is not super rare. Bumblebee. It's general Optimus. Well, he's 11, but you know, you know, or arbitrary larger Titan master, you know, say this is in, the inevitable wrecker aggro deck or something like that you you may not have to to your point earlier about having to really put in a lot of effort like you almost needed grenade launcher reckless charge to make razor claw do something valuable you can take one of those cards out of the equation because it well specifically reckless charge so you play this instead of reckless charge because you, the character you're playing it on already has that extra four attack by comparison and then yeah, you just I, need I think, a follow-up weapon i don't know i think i think you're right i think i think i could see where three wide aggro versus a, a tall a wider aggro would want this because then you probably can steal the attack but like mm-hmm. even in any other situation i don't know that that's gonna happen so i guess maybe that's a use for it just because that seems viable to me like as mm-hmm. like you said like you know if you were sending like the Again, like the Fangries or like the Sentinel Proud, Sentinel Ironhides of the world, they should be able to t- take out a guy before they've attacked. But like, I mean, so I can see that situation, I guess. But again, I think you're down to a situation where it's like, you have to play a bunch of these in order to try to make sure you get it. So, I mean, I guess you could play that as a sideboard for those situations. Right. Um, and then you need to... Um, it's still blank. So... It- it sort of feels like one of those cards that could be a crutch, as in, oh, well, we can just, I can just play this and get at that guy. But if you sequence your attacks and utilize burn cards like One Shall Stand or, or any of the, the 50,000 options we have available now, you can probably, you'll end up in the same end state by doing yeah. that without having to go to this length. Right. But by the same token, maybe, I mean, it has Warpath on the on the art, but I was thinking Bludgeon, where you oh, can, <laughs> if you can find some way. I only just noticed as I was talking that he's a all red, and then it looks like a little Autobot symbol. So I'm pretty sure. Um, but say, but you play it in a Bludgeon deck, and then you can, you know, negative defense somebody out of combat. It happens to be somebody untapped. You play this, get in on them. I, I, I we could sit here coming up with all kinds of scenarios where it comes up. It's just. The current state of the meta, I feel, doesn't really lend itself well to this card, or this card doesn't lend itself well to the meta. I'm not sure how to phrase that one. No, I, I totally agree, and and I, I because I just don't think that we're at a point where it's like the same size decks are swinging at each other all the time, and it's you need some way to to break. You, the, uh, yeah, yeah, the you need you need you. You want to make sure that you're actually making your attack versus a, a decent target, and I'm not sure that that matters. Right. I mean, it's certainly something to 
keep in mind going forward, though. Like, this card yeah. could be something relevant, especially as we're going to be turning everything on its head, given just Titan Masters in general, let alone all the other cards. Do you mean the comment that someone has that this should be immediately banned was not correct? Wait, what? <laughs> hey, you're the one that says, listen back to your lap, to uh, the chat we had. You avoid, you avoid the boards for a reason. Oh, yeah. It, well, <laughs> it, 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 are you trying to, like, I feel like I'm being justified. I'm being vindicated here. Yes. <laughs> because, uh, oh, boy. There are, that's a sentence. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on from that sentence. Uh, <laughs> so those are the battle cards. Uh, in other news from today, uh, we also received... Well, Scott, it's a point in history that I never thought we'd hit. We have a mediocre Optimus. <laughs> but first, we're going to talk about his head. We'll, we'll get to Optimus. I'm, I'm mostly joking. We'll, we'll, yeah. get, we'll get to him in a minute. So we'll start with Apex, who is the stealth head. Uh, he's three stars, three three zero, and he conveys stealth onto whoever he is attached to. He's melee in his bot mode, and I just realized I think this is the first one we got in this order where it was. These are stupid things I noticed because I build the overlays where it's bot mode on the left and head mode on the right instead of the other way. You said this before on another one. I was listening. Did I say that? Okay, so it's not the only one. All right. Um, but anyway, so. We have our stealth head. Scott, are you willing to invest three stars to give a Titan Master body stealth? I think so, but the problem is, even though stealth has existed for, like, over a year now, Mm. I don't know that it's ever mattered outside of, like, the airstrike situation when you're, like... And to be fair, it was very... Well, not very, but it was often very conditional. You know, like the micromasters only have it when they're untapped. Um, I think you can be more creative with this because, say, you have a Titan Master body with this guy, and you have a Battle Master. It's get in with the Battle Master, get in with the Titan Master. They have to attack the Battle Master again. So, if your third guy matters, they're getting that Battle Master. You know what I mean? Maybe that does, won't matter overall, but. It gives you a little more play with those unique scenarios. But can't you just... Can't you just... I mean, your Titan Master at this point will be the last person to get KO'd. Because right? it can never be attacked until until it's the only... Like, you're not... Unless you exposed not, him, yeah. So, like... It, which that, you wouldn't do, right? So, I mean, like... Well, I, like, I guess if you're giving him stealth, yeah, you probably want to keep him alive. I would go out on a limb. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you clearly are not a scenario. So, like, all the very important ones, this is a viable option because there's no chance of them ever being KO'd in combat. So, like, anybody that you're building your deck around, like, whether it's Perceptor or Cup or, mm. um, I guess, to an extent, like, like Brainstorm or, like, I, I, I would say horrible, but I just feel like he needs the hit points too much. To, to, for this to matter, but like, well, I will get back to him because I did have a point for him. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, but he, but he's an example of somebody you build your deck around. So at that yes. point, like, isn't this just a viable option because they can't be attacked, right? I mean, like, so it is or is not a viable option. option. It is a viable. It is option. yes, it okay. very powerful. Right? I thought you. Like, this is, 
I misheard you and thought you were saying yeah, it yeah. isn't for a second. That's why I was confused. I think horrible still is an option there because one of the concerns I have with horrible <laughs> base decks is that uh, quite simply, if you go second and it's like, all right, you they tag him for a significant chunk of damage on one. And then, okay, you're going to get like one or two activations out of him. Is that going to be a concern? Still to the full. Well, yes, but it's only saving one damage. So he has effective 10 health. Like, that's not a whole lot when he's going to be self damaging. Um, Yeah. Especially if you're focusing the deck around getting his activations. Um, So, my point is, is that if you have this head on him, they can't attack him. He's. Okay, he has 10 health. He's going to always get... Well, not always, but he's going to have 10 activations worth of health because he's going to be the last guy to die. Right. So So, the point is, is I think that's a reasonable scenario in in addition to the other ones you were explaining. Yeah, that's fine. I I just, I think any, any one of them that you, other than this one, because it's just too expensive. Well, yeah, um, we're going to get to that. (laughs) Um... I think any I think any of the other ones it, it becomes a viable option. Yeah. That you any of the ones that you want to like have your deck be based around. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think this is stealth like you said up to this point has not really come to the forefront it explicitly be I mean again, it's it's weird to say given airstrike patrol but it's like all the other characters with stealth nobody cares. So, mm-hmm. it's this has the potential to be very significant because a lot of times stealth is built into the character's cost right so like like oh it can't be attacked so that means like you know there's an issue with it like you know like it's gonna have lower power or something like that but now that's all gone right i also think this is also an interesting i can't believe i'm gonna say this Uh oh it's an interesting combination with quake to allow his variability of being the only character on the field to get the six attack Wait, what? <laughs> in, in alt mode, he has that ability where if he's the last character on the field, he gets plus two attack. So this will allow him to be the last character on the field and get the plus two attack. Wait, Quake does? The guy who, who yeah. pings everybody? Yeah. Okay, that's is, that's is, how much I paid attention to that ability. Like, I only remember the tank, ping everyone. Tank. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll take your word on I can't find the card fast enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't, yeah, like, I don't it, think... Like, I don't think, like, the... I don't think it's terrible for, like, Skull Smasher, like, because I think you want to put a defensive... Like, a lot of the characters... I, I assume this is just as good as that, right? Like, why would you... Oh, you dropped out for a second be, there. What is that? Like, any character that you want to put a defensive head on, like, isn't this just as good? Like, I mean, obviously you're dependent on the other characters in the deck, like, staying alive and, and, and holding down the fort, per se, but, like... Mm-hmm. If you're playing it, if you're playing ahead to specifically to keep your guy around, I don't know how this doesn't become <laughs> the major one. I mean, I guess the obvious option. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> I do have a joke, but it, do you, <laughs> it, it is also in. It's amusing to me that obviously the bot mode for the head has the keyword that it confers. But is stealth ever going to matter for this guy? Because either he's getting in right away, or he's your last character. Um, I guess if you, one of the arguments could be is that if if you assume Flintlock is your other head, Flintlock has the tough, 
his ability actually matters when he's the only guy on the board. I guess. Yeah, I I can't imagine where you're right. I can't imagine where that part of this is going to ever matter. Right. I I mean, he has three health, so hypothetically, you know, since he's not going to or not as likely to die out of combat, then maybe something happens. I'm sure there's a scenario I'm not thinking of because there's always something weird, but that's I agree with you your original point that if you're looking for a defensive head mode to attach to your characters this guy probably shot up to the top of your list but the, here's the here's the joke Scott would you pay four stars with this so you can build your swap heads deck uh no but I, I get it <laughs> yeah I mean I just I'm sure a lot of people are going to try that I think you're just going to always be a turn short. Oh, if I had one more turn so I could swap heads and it's like, yeah, you're just never going to. Yeah. Or it seems that way. Maybe it'll work out. I don't know. Uh, but any other thoughts for apex? No, it's, it's interesting because I think it's, it's, it's pretty powerful. It seems like to me. Yeah. Personally. It's weird that he reminds me of a cross between wheelie and Orion packs, but he does. I don't know what this guy's background is right now. I, uh, I know nothing about him, but he he's very orange. Uh, <laughs> except for the head. The head look, reminds me of Orion Pax, but the body reminds me of Wheelie. But anyway, uh, so we'll move on from there to the big man himself, Optimus Prime, Legendary Warrior, which I saw someone comment on Twitter, I think. The grill in the truck mode is enormous. Like, yes. like it is enormous. There's, there's no segue from that. It just is. So, uh, we're going to talk about Optimus Prime. So he's a leader, as you'd expect. He's a truck. He's melee. He's twelve stars. He's a five sixteen two in alt mode. And when you flip to that mode, you draw a card. Then, if you're, if you have fewer cards in your hand than your opponent, draw another card. I, I'm getting the sense that maybe this was designed sometime around Shockwave. I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> over in body mode, he is ranged. He's a leader. He's a six sixteen one, and when this attacks, repair one damage from one of your characters. Then, if you have fewer characters on the battlefield than your opponent, repair one more damage from that character. Uh, we'll get to his stratagem, which kind of ties into this in a moment. But uh, yeah, I was I was mostly joking earlier about mediocre Optimus, but. Uh, is this guy lighting your world on fire, Scott? Uh, lighting my world on fire is different than I think he's more viable than other people think he is. Yeah, I... Any sense. I mean, for the stat-to-star-cost ratio, I mean, he's a little bit lacking from what we've come to know and expect from Optimus Prime variants in the defense department. But, I mean, he has 16 health on a 12-star character. He doesn't get larger like Nemesis, but, you know, we're in that ballpark. Yeah, but this is all... He's all, Everything about him is priced into the stratagem. Of course. So, so I don't think any of that really matters because I, I think it's all... It's all priced so that, like, everything you do comes together to one giant robot. All different so pieces I, I, of the puzzle. Yeah, so I, I don't even think any of that stuff matters all that much because... I mean, ultimately, he's going to have some other ability from a head, probably some other ability from a strategy, so I don't really care about right. any of that stuff. Um, 
the thing about his his alt mode doesn't really matter to me at all. Like, I think you'll just... I, I don't think you should build the deck around flipping him back and forth just to be able to draw more cards. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, I think it'll come up... Yeah, you don't go out of your way, but I think it will come up in a fair number of matchups where it's like, yeah, I'll just draw two. Because just by virtue of the way the game plays, you'll end up with less cards. Yeah. So if we look at him on his own without the strategy, which I don't think you should do, but we'll just look at it for argument's sake. Mm. He's a minimum cost of 13, right? Yeah. So I, I don't think... He, like The problem is when you, when you cost that many stars, you have to do something that is game-changing to where you're like playing extra abilities, upgrades in a turn, like the way a lot of the big guys are. Mm. Just draw an insane number. You do of turns something and... unfair. Yeah, and but to be honest with you, rereading like, like the repair thing is not immaterial, and I think people need to understand that. Like, and, and as as dumb as it sounds, putting a toolbox on him can allow you to heal for four damage a turn to any target. Assuming that you have less well, four damage and attack. So yes, yeah. you just have to be the the only reason I clarify is. I can see the argument being, since it has, you have to attack with him. I mean, it, it, let me take a step back. The way I'm looking at it is, you're probably starting with, if you only heal him, you're starting with a quote unquote free energy pack, so to speak, because you're probably going to get at least two swings in. Uh, I mean, how many games have you played where the two giant bots just beat on each other for infinite amount of turns? Well. But those aren't always the matchups you have. And so I'm just thinking in the abstract. I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. Where it's, you know, it's a thousand turns of, of people <laughs> slinging fish. Like, they're, they, they're not actually killing each other. Um, so, yeah, you, you end up coming out, maybe not ahead, but you definitely break the parity there. See, I think you, I think you do come out ahead, even though you have... Especially when you factor in all the other factors. Yeah. Well, uh, it, uh, you might come out ahead. It's just a matter of I can't, in my head, let alone on stream, figure out exactly where that break point would be. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's a lot of turns, but how many is a lot? Is it five? Are you I'll do it in Excel. Well, no, I'm saying, uh, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not asking you to. That was I'll more, I mean, it's more rhetorical if you really no, want to do that right now. Um, <laughs> I don't want to redo it right now, but I will yeah. do it. I mean, well, well, I mean, we're going to have to to figure out exactly where it is. But that that's the question for me is we every time it, everybody's tired of hearing it, every time a healing card comes up and I talk about, oh, I want a healing deck to work, like, it, it only matters with respect to do you hit that break point? Because it's like you could heal 10 but if you're taking 20, it doesn't really matter, depending on the character, obviously. I'm just making up numbers. Um, it, it's going to matter whether you heal one more to get you into that next break point to increase the number of attacks. So if like somebody hits you for 30, it doesn't matter if you healed 6, you're, you're just dead, is my point. But if somebody's going to hit you for 30, it doesn't matter how much defense you have either and how much tough you have either. Well, so the, mean, the, he, might, he might as well have no. He might as well have no abilities at that point, right? But it, I'm again, I'm just making up numbers for the sake of hyperbole. But the point is, is you need to, if the chunks of damage are two sets of tens or two sets of twelves, let's say, so you negate the two blues you'd flip. 
that would kill this guy? Are you going to heal enough so that you essentially get to 21 health so that they require a third attack or another card? If that makes sense. Oh, I believe so, yes. Right, and I'm not... Again, that that I'm just couching the discussion. I'm not disagreeing yeah, yeah, with that because yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I agree with you that, I mean, yeah, maybe Toolbox might be a bridge too far. To be honest, my first thing was like, all right, what heads and stuff could I do to get a mercenary and then try and actually make the theme of the build to you're going to out-sustain people because wherever they end up targeting things? I, the fact that it's not, again, it's just like that battle card from last time with the one damage across the board and then the two damage across the board. Yeah. Be- because this also are is separate instances. The toolbox thing is real because... Yeah. Because you're now you're healing four. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. Because it, it, it does it in an independent packet or what... It, I don't know if there is a yeah. term for it in this game yet. I, I, I mean, hear not, you there. Not, that makes not sense. To mention- not to mention the combo with safeguard. So, like, yeah. I wouldn't go so far as put convex on this because then this guy's going to cost like eighteen. But like, yeah, that's know, uh, <laughs> that might be a bridge supreme. too far. Yeah. Um. But uh, but I mean, I guess hypothetically, I mean, it is. I actually think it's hypothetically possible. But if your opponent and and I will I will never beat this opponent. But like, <laughs> if your opponent isn't playing any direct damage in your deck, you could literally lock them out of the entire game. With with him and convex, yeah, and and a toolbox, like, and I don't think that's that we're talking about a green card, a head, and a character, and your opponent is completely sh- cannot. You, they just scoop it up right there, like like oh, I have no direct damage in my deck. Guess I just lose. That's it. Period. Well, I guess it depends on what phase of the game. So they would you be able to do that? Is the question now? Because then you would just get in with Optimus. I'm trying to work through the sequence. Is there any interval? Because they would have to be alternating damage. Because you would you get in with your safeguard guy, they get in, trigger it. You get in with Optimus, heal it all off. They could safeguard again. Well, or they could just punch Optimus. Yeah, sure. So it's I mean, it's yes. not like it, I wouldn't even call it a soft lock, but it's approaching that. Uh, it's not like they're hard locked out of it. But yes, I get your point. You can put that armor on that prevents direct damage also, and then you're then you're even there better. it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we got it solved. <laughs> it's all green cards. I don't know. I, I know. I'm not... I don't think it's that hard. Dude. Yeah, I think it I'm I'm making jokes about it, but in my head, yeah, the it the pieces are falling into place. Um I mean again, clearly I mean well that would that would actually negate it, but like i mean, now you're in a scenario where like your opponent has to be playing direct damage, which they should be anyway. Mm. But even if but if they're not if they are, then you have a. There's even a card out there to negate it, and then so at that point, now you're like, we can. I think you can still continue to make things really difficult for your. Opponent. I just don't know if you want to put. Like, assuming you're going to play the stratagem, also, like, I just don't know. If best seventeen stars into him. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, with two four drops that do nothing, or any like a two two tall. Because like, I mean, if you're too tall, yeah. then obviously the ability always goes off. Also. But I mean, if literally your character is a lock and you want less characters in your deck because you want to be able to attack more often to continue the lock. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think this is... I mean, so on the surface, there's that aspect. There's also the aspect that, like, he doesn't have to heal himself. So, like, yeah. you can always just be 
like against any four wide deck, there's no chance that he's not going to always be getting two off as it is. Yep. So if you think about him, like with the Galaxy Prime type partners of two five drops, if he's the last attacker again, one of those guys is going to get healed for two because they very rarely get KO'd during the first go round anyway. And while like you're just you're just setting up a situation where it's even just more difficult for your opponent to like do anything. Um, I think that I think the issue with him is a lot of people are going to compare him to Galaxy and things like that, and like the oh. free plays that you get out of it. And I get that, but I just think I think you have to be looking for like these lock opportunities and these like very powerful scenarios, like with well, Safeguard or with right. like Toolbox. Like I mean, because there's going to be an inevitable point of the game. It's one on one, and if you're healing two to four a turn, swinging with some kind of weapon where you're like, yes, you're only a six instead of an eight, mm. but you you tip, stick the typical weapons on him, you know your energon axes or whatever, or your your master sword at this point, things like that. Like, I, I just think it's like healing two to four a turn is going to definitely be to your advantage. Like, I understand right. that Galaxy has like. The ability to put multiple energy packs on you and like let's just take the the absolute scenario which i think i've done twice ever which is like having all three energy packs on you and you have 33 hit points i think over the course of the game you're going to get you're going to approach those levels without ever having to actually play a card other than toolbox it's a green right I mean, so, the, you will end up without toolbox it, it, because you hit those one-on-one scenarios. You're not going to have fewer, so you will only get the two. But yeah, you're going to... I know you were saying two to four. It's going to... Yeah. You will hit those scenarios. Is this where now thrust is even more mainstream than it was before just to enforce that? It's an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's... I don't think it's a... I don't think you necessarily want to, like, leave... You don't want to leave him exposed all that often because... You just want to get more attacks, but it doesn't necessarily mean, in a sense, that you want to leave yourself more exposed. Right, right. It's going to be interesting seeing how he shapes up, because I do agree that over the course of the game, the the virtual energy pack effect, um, I'll be honest, one of the, the disappointing things for me is the six attack, which, yes, it isn't that much lower than eight, but you're investing a lot of stars, and that's clearly this because of him and the stratagem him the stratagem and the head that has to be there he has to be doing the heavy lifting and obviously stratagem is going to help but it's it's going to get tough when because i'm calling back mentally to all the times that we played jet fire and said okay well optimus just puts out slightly more damage and that is relevant yeah but it's the same argument that was there is that this guy, similar Jeffire, I think probably defends better. Right. So. Yeah, so they end up attacking, or maybe not attacking, but uh, presenting different issues to the meta as a whole. Uh, like, it, there there may be a niche for this guy. I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, mm-hmm. because I really don't think it's hard to conduct cock scenarios where, like, you're taking you're still going to be a defensive deck. So, like, say you put, like, I, I don't think it matters much. Like, say you put the two-hit point head on him or the or the tough one head on him. And 
So they attack and like, you know, you have armor or something or whatever. You're blocking four and they're attacking for eight. Well, now their eight just became just became six in the end. And you only took two. Like, instead of taking four, you took two. Yeah. So like, if this guy had printed two more defense, would everybody just think he was way better? Like, if he had three defense in bot mode? Because that's basically what he has, right? Well, that I think that's exactly it, is that it's deceptively more defense or more whatever because of the Titan Master mechanic. It's it's not on the card. So yes, if you stop and think about it and go, oh yeah, well, I could just put this head on him, everybody's going to come to that conclusion, but it's not it's hiding in plain sight, I guess. Well, it's the healing, like because you're repairing to a turn. It's essentially right. two more. Defense. Right. And like the thing about repair, like you is like obviously you can whatever under repair instead of overkill, I guess you could say. Cool. Mm-hmm. Freddy's or whatever, like but in this scenario when you have sixteen to eighteen starting health, depending on which head you're using, like you're not gonna not repair yourself. Like Right. You're not going to take that much damage in one turn. So, like, you're yeah. definitely going to get the repair off. So, like, at that point, your argument becomes... And it's never really going to be wasted because, well, I guess there are scenarios where you could waste it, like we were talking about earlier, but somebody's going to be damaged. Like, right. by the time this guy gets to swing, you're going to do something. And, again, it's going to come down to those break points, whether it's on him or the car- you know, the whoever the partners happen to be. Um... Yeah, I just think people aren't thinking outside the box with this as to how outside how, the toolbox. Yes, <laughs> as to how how good this really is. Yeah, there's there's definitely potential here. That's why I wanted to lead off with the him being terrible joke. But we yeah. we do continue the trend of at least at this stage. We'll we'll see how he shapes up. Of uh, Optimus is constantly threatening the meta as a whole. We'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's move on to duty and honor, which is this particular optimize. Optimus's stratagem. So as long as one of your characters other than Optimus Prime Legendary Warrior has been KO'd this game, your Optimus Prime Legendary Warrior has Brave, Focus 1, Bold 1, and Tough 1. So you were talking about how you feel this is imperative to play with him, Scott. Can you tell us about why? Oh, it's imperative, but it's clearly baked into his lower-than-expected stat line. Mm. way right um i mean you basically just become like you be, you get all the abilities of the card itself and you also get the the siege one optimus abilities also general optimus <laughs> yeah yeah um so you that was the first thing optimus that went through my head it's like yeah you're general optimus plus brave <laughs> right um i don't think the brave matters that much obviously in a three on to save the other characters right right um, which I guess you could just look at as a detriment. I, I don't That's know. actually what I was thinking is uh, I'm... So he's 14 stars, let's say 15 if you use a, a one-star head. I guess you can, with the Brave, make sure your Flame War doesn't die on the wheel or, you know, whatever your t- other support character is. It's just... I don't know. I don't picture those characters. Well, maybe protecting Brawn will matter, but he's probably going to mm-hmm. be the guy that dies. Not necessarily compared to compared to like any of the other five, the other five drive. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, I think it's just like I don't think it's going to matter much. Obviously, in a two tall deck, um, 
in a three wide deck, I don't think it's going to be that much of a negative. Like you just basically, like you said, save the other character, which has relevance of obviously then providing the block the next time. So like it's obviously not irrelevant. Exactly. Um, so it's basically like, are you just are you going to pay two more stars to give this guy tough one, focus one? And I think the answer is yes. <laughs> like again, like if you had a fifteen, if he was a fifteen star character that said. We'll just assume tough. So, well, we either you either have tough two or you have eighteen starting hit points, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, if you just inserted tough one, bold one, focus one on the character card to begin with, because it's probably going to happen. Like, does it matter? I mean, like you can obviously concoct the scenarios through one shall stand, and peace or tyranny, and things like that to ensure that it happens. Um, or the new reckless charge. Right. How about right. that? But there <laughs> you go. <laughs> um, or voluntary promotion, like whatever. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can you can obviously concoct scenarios where like you, one shell stands the obvious one, or the new one shell stand. We do one to, to KO your own guy, or like um, the other one, the the, the blue black car on your own guy to KO or something to draw two cards. Like oh yeah yeah, yeah the pep talk. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like, I I think I, I guess it's worth it. I mean, like you're basically getting insane abilities to start in play as far as I'm concerned. Like, those abilities are going to go off or you just lost anyway, right? Like, if he's not the last character remaining, you just lost, right? In all likelihood, yeah. I I mean, it adds a lot. I wonder... I I think there's going to be more of a decision for me as to whether a 13-star version of this guy to fit in a 7-star and a 5-star is worth issuing the, the extra abilities. Um, I mean, as it stands now, it's hard to wrap my head around it because we've said for the past few months, like, Octone isn't good enough because I can just play Galaxy, you know, or I could just play mm-hmm. Jetfire. So, like, if we're in that same world, which I don't necessarily think we're going to be in, then the argument is moot, right? Like, it's just the same well, character, it, no matter how you slice it. Well, it's the question of whether this repair is better than his ping, which, given the the we'll call it the soft lock with safeguard. I think you're going to, I think the cheapest safeguard character is seven. Seven. So you'd have cool. to go that route if you wanted to do that. Whether that's the appropriate route is another story, as opposed to just trying to abuse toolbox and the heel in general. That's probably the way I'm going to lean, but not necessarily. I mean, like the, the war of a soft lock like that is, is tempting. And I, as I said offline, I really want to run up with Hot Rod. So every time Hot Rod is tapped, I can say, out of the way, Hot Rod. <laughs> nice. Speaking of which, did you see, I retweeted this. Have you seen all of the uh, sound barrier memes? The new yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't get what that dude's obsession with sound barriers. Because what the hell is sound? I mean, I get it, sound barrier, but like, look at that toy. It's like, okay, I mess with a lot of toys on stream. It's like, oh, you want them transform? All right, I put him down. He's transformed. That's it. Like that. That's like a G. I'm holding G1 crankcase. Oh look, I stood him up. He transformed. That's like that's bad. It is. It. But did you see the recent uh, GIF where he edited him into the Megatron Optimus fight scene? That one was really funny. Like I actually. Okay, chat. That's that's a step too far. Sound barrier is really into planking. Come on. What, <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> 
I only saw where he was starting to run up the steps. Is there more to it than that? Yeah. Because, oh, okay. Do you want me to spoil you? I'm sure I know what happens. <laughs> he, Optimus clubs Megatron to death <laughs> with sound barrier is what happens. And he nice. wins. They're like, this is how the movie would have changed if it was, if, uh, if sound barrier was there instead of hot rod. Nice. Anyway, uh, sound barrier aside, sorry everybody out there for spoilers. I'm sure everyone's crushed. Uh, <laughs> so anything else for the stratagem? I think it just depends on if there's better partners to run this or not. I think the default mm. is just to run it to make him the better character. But I mean, like, this is just like we don't have a stratagem like this where it's like I make my best guy better. Like, I basically have him start and play with upgrades. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, I mean, character's going to get catered. The the thing that makes, well, among several things, but one of the things that makes me leery about the stratagem as a whole is just that, I mean, yes, someone is going to get KO'd. It's probably not going to be Prime first. Is the point that they get KO'd too far gone in the game where it's, and I think this would be difficult for it to happen this way, don't get me wrong, but they KO whatever character activate this but prime is already taken 10 damage it's like yes the tough and the focus help defensively but is it going to be enough to keep him alive or is he just going to eat the same like the tough then doesn't matter because there's going to be enough incoming damage that he's just going to croak um obviously it makes it's a very complicated or maybe not complicated for you but complicated for me calculation to figure out okay well they're between the healing and the tough and if you're a blue deck and all this other stuff, um, it's definitely one that I'm not going to throw away. It, the stratagem that is, it's not difficult because it either has to work or it doesn't. To me, there's it's, it's binary, so it's like if it doesn't work, you just don't play. Well, so, I mean, like, yes, but I mean, if I were to try and sit down now and figure out whether that works without trying it, is the point. I yeah, agree yeah, that I, yeah, go ahead. I think it has to, and I think it will. Um, hmm. I think it, it basically what it comes down to is is the extra built-in tough at that point of the game where you're also building up the rest of your defenses um, enough to matter and then the focus to matter also. So absolutely, I th- I, I I have to assume the answer is yes. Um, versus if there's something just better to do with the other two stars. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's really interesting to me is that. Against the other big dude decks, bigger they are will always be on for this guy, even if you play the strategy. That's a good point. Because he's only going to cost 13, even when you, quote, invest 15 into him. That's a fair point. That that's actually I, could be very relevant. I did make a joke that I wanted to make my own amount. I want to make your clobber, clobber and clobber strategy. His strategy, and you, I want to get him to 19, just, just to make him cost the same amount as the original Omega Supreme. What? <laughs> I, I just want to see how fast. I just want to see how. Okay. What was my question? Sure. <laughs> sure. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm home, I'm home all day. <laughs> you got you got a lot of time to think about it. That's what happens. Oh, <laughs> I will admit. <laughs> that deck idea did not cross my mind. I, I, will I just want to see. It. I just want to see how much, how many effective stars. That's that. That is a thing you could do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll move on from there, and we're going to move into 
the last two stratagems. Um, Autobot one first, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the, the star stratagems as a whole. So first one up is Heroic Spotlight. Uh, it is if you're starting... Oh, we actually didn't call out that was the his stratagem was the first two star one. All the other ones have been oh, one yeah, star, yeah, but yep. whatever. We I don't call think it anybody out during the conversation. But yeah, no. I don't think anybody cares. So, heroic uh, oh, no spotlight. If your starting team is only Autobots, your deck can have up to two extra stars of blue cards. So, I have a rotating a number of blue cards that are star cards on screen. At least the ones we know at this stage, and you'll see them again later. Uh, as we get to the other part of the discussion, but all of these stratagems bring something really unique because, I mean, we first saw it with the Blaster versus Soundwave deployers where we're really screwing with star counts, and they haven't stopped since then doing you know unique ways to mess with it. I really like the potential for both this and the Decepticon one because... A lot of these cards suddenly, the star cards, I mean, maybe shoot up in playability just because, okay, well, now it's not a singleton in the deck because I have this other mm -hmm. spare star floating around. Yep. Um, were there any specific standouts for you, Scott, that you that jumped into mind when you saw this? Uh, it's the, the secret action for the Autobot side. The one where uh, they stay at one health, heroic resolve? Yeah, and then also, unfortunately, comboed it. In the intro with the MP wave. Um, yep, somebody had to say it. <laughs> so, um, but I think a rogue resolve is the is the obvious one uh, because mm -hmm. it, it's unlike the Decepticon equivalent, which is just bad. Um, like heroic. Oh, resolve, the secret I, action. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I said some. I said similar things. Uh, well, we didn't actually say on the show because we didn't cover her because uh, we don't tend to cover our own. Yeah, in case people don't know that, we don't cover our own reveals, like, so... Yeah. Because we feel like we've beaten them to death, so, like, we didn't cover Night Tracer, for example. Mm. Um, Shout out to Stefan. Yeah. Um, previewed her, so... You know, like, to me, her... And I guess we'll get to this, but, like, her... It's similar to her... Yes. I wanted the two double blues, but that... In a deck like that, that obviously requires Autobots, and she's a Decepticon. Mm. This is basically just the abilities just there. Like, bam. Here's two heroic resolves if you're playing all Autobots. Yep. In a blue deck, because you have to play blue ones anyway. Um, I also assume, again, like we can just get Tremendous for 13, right? Uh, what is he? I'll be honest, I don't remember his star count initially. He costs 12, the armor costs 2. So, like, you can just, if you play an all Autobot team, get the armor for effectively one more, right? So Ultraman's quote costs think, 13. Yeah, I would think that would work. Right. So that's that's my other use for it. If like 13 cost Ultramagnus is good versus 14. I yeah. think that's why I think it's intentionally that way. It's possible. Um I don't like I can't see myself like putting in universal network accesses or I don't see the I mean would you I reach for a recon system? No, I would just use. Uh, well, well, I wouldn't use the heroic, whatever terrible one from Siege One is. So I guess if I was going to play, I think I would just play fuel, right? Like fuel cash. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could. That has come up for me in 
uh, like for Fort Max kind of thing. Uh, I meant, like, do you envision, because I know in the past, a lot of people have been high on recon system in general for, you know, just as an all-purpose car, but I, that's one of the ones that often comes to mind for me of, okay, I have one star, I can only get in one, what the hell's the point? Do you think that this well, pushes it to that, past that? No, because the only reason you're playing is because the pips help you in both situations, and because the chance of you actually drawing it are so minuscule. Mm-hmm. Whereas we, we've already made the argument that this makes this counteracts the downside of star cards to begin with by allowing you to have more of an attack. Right. I think you're. I, you know, I didn't even thought about. Like, you're right. Like I thought about the Omega Scream example, but the Fortress Maximus are awesome. You just get yeah. Any uh, of the the big guys, which admittedly are few and far between, that could, uh, well maybe not, but the so. Trypticon can use it, which we'll talk about in a little while. Omega, yep. Fort Max, um, Metroplex cannot. You can't. Combiners wouldn't be able to leverage this. Um, but, but like Tidal Wave can. Yes. Um, are there? Well, I guess like Dreadwing always could. Like like any of the any of the like you know like Sky Shadow and then yeah Sky could Shadow could find a way yeah. Um, like any of the like quote like larger. But not take up your whole team combiners. Yes. So. Yeah, this opens up a lot of possibilities. I think, and I. But do you think you would? For, do you think for either one of these, you will force them into your deck to change? Do you think they're powerful enough to change? I... So, would you intentionally go to twenty-four stars just to get the two? Is what you're saying? No. That wasn't my point, but that's also a question, I guess. But I guess, yeah. I guess what I meant was like, I'm, I can't think of an example, but like, the easy example is like, let's just take like Barrage or Fangly, right? Like it's seven. They're clearly the best seven drops, right? Right? Like no doubt about it. Like, yeah, they're the best seven drops. Like, if you're playing an aggro deck and you're like, I'm going to play this worse, like I'm going to play Sentinel Prowl, who's clearly stat-wise just worse than either one of those two. Oh, to get the faction requirements, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. I mean, so in an aggressive, that's the thing, is so on the Decepticon side, it wouldn't... I'm trying to think of a scenario where you'd have to make that decision. So if you're playing an Autobot deck... And you had to make that specific one to get Prowl. You're probably an aggressive deck, so it ends up being weird. So I'm trying to think of an analog on the defensive side for it. Because if you jump right over to Villainous Spotlight, then, okay, well, I already have all the Decepticon guys. And clearly, oh, yeah, I'm going to want two extra mounted missiles or, you know, whatever. Um, I feel like there, there's going to be scenarios where, yes, there, there's got to be at least one deck that is going to say, yes, I will skip a guy wearing a purple badge to get access to this. I don't think it's necessarily going to be universal. But we are, due to just quantity of characters, I think we're filling in a lot of gaps where, you know, to your point, Barrage and Fangry... Sentinel Prowl isn't, I mean, he's worse, but not, like, atrociously worse. You know, you, you're going to be close enough in most of the scenarios. And again, this is weird because he would want oranges and this is a blue focus. Yeah, I, I, it's but, just the example. I was yeah, about, I, 
no, that that makes sense. Um, chat saying possibly do it post board for some of these things to try and change stuff up. It's too much of your board that you have to it, possibly, yeah. In. I mean, because, like, for example, like, the only replacement there is for Flame War is now also a Decepticon on the surface, or you just switch to, like, Brawn or characters like that. And, like, on paper, if your goal is to keep your big guy alive, Brawn's not as good there. It just offers another avenue of a viable attacking character. It's not a viable... Mm-hmm. You know, defensive, keep your big guy alive character. Yeah, you'd very much be trading my your consistent flame more tough one for hey, I might randomly flip more double blues. It's like, uh, right? Okay, sure. Right. Um, so that's that's I think where this is going to come up a lot. Although I do think the to me the only to me the deck defining parts of this card are like you said, Fortress Maximus. All Omega, like, first of all, Omega Supreme basically just get an extra star card. That's literally all they do. They just get a fourth double blue in it. Which is relevant for those guys, or in, in Fort Max's case, like, to your point, fuel cash, which is exactly what I was saying, just to try and more, or if we get, uh, I don't know offhand how many more battle cards we have, but if we get another triple pip, like Master of Metallicato, that's a star card, because it, it you know, doesn't have as many tribal things on it or whatever, that's another way to try and get at it. Yeah, I still think he needs the blues to stay alive, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it, we'll we'll have to see how these whether he can survive with these things or this because it gives him access to the extra double blue. I think to your question about whether we want to skip stuff, I think the because this the key component. Support characters currently are Decepticons. We don't have any real analogs. It's going to be tougher for Heroic Spotlight to make that leap than Villainous Spotlight, I think. Because I can more readily call to mind aggressive Decepticons that are good enough if I screw around with Star Costs than I can defensive Autobots doing the same. Yeah, what's interesting to me is that all the decks that... I mean, literally all the decks that exist now are obviously 25 stars. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them can't really substitute much in the way of anything as it is in the right. current. It has to be completely new decks. So yep. then, then then we're back to your other, the question the mm-hmm. way you thought I was going to ask it, which is, is this worth it? And I guess that will segue into our entire... Well, yeah, we'll we'll definitely circle back to that. The only other yeah. piece I want to add, is, well, two parts. One is Titan Masters make things very variable, so yep. those star costs could change. Um, and the other piece is, and this kind of ties in, so going back to combo for a moment, if you are Springer, Fire Drive, Five Drop, this, because we were talking about this offline, it it definitely seems enticing. You get extra EMP waves, main deck, or other cards that could help you. Problem is, is that now you're down to that problem of being only able to PTT realistically one character to get around the now at least six things. Now, granted, you have counter espionage is another answer. There's a bunch of dancing you can do to try and find ways around the new combo th- or threats to combo. But it may not be as simple because at the end of the day, it's it's kind of easy to just go, oh, I have a, I have Fire Drive on the board, I'll PTT him. I don't, I have Swoop or whatever, as opposed to, well, 
now I have Skydive or, or Brawn or whoever your five drop is and Springer. It's like, well, okay, I guess I'm screwed because I can't PTT out of that secret action that's there. Um, you can make the argument. Yeah, you would you would know better than me if it's worth it, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's something that I want to try for sure. Believe me, it's on the list, but it's one of those I'm not quite sure yet because I did have that mm-hmm. when I was trying it with 1275 as opposed to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's an argument to just move all the EMP waves into the board and only rely on Wish's main. It, it, it's a larger discussion, but anyway. Sure. Um, anything else you want to highlight about Heroic Spotlight uh, before we move on to the purple one? I mean, I envision it being the better one, but that's because that's the type of player that I have. Mm-hmm. See, I actually took the opposite tack just because the Decepticon one, I was very excited to try out Fangry as I'm working through mm-hmm. preliminary deck lists, and then I'm like, well, this is easy. I'll just play two mounted missiles. Like, mm-hmm. okay, get there. Uh, now, there are some other unique things, like on screen, f- for exi- for instance, right now is pincer movement. I, I don't, Ugh. I mean, it- it's a Decepticon card and it's orange, so I don't know. If you're, t- if you're too cheap to not own all on attack. So. Yeah. You could play extra relentless invasion, which actually, that was, that reminds me, I don't even know if. If uh, Trypticon wants this that particular star card over some of the other ones anymore, um, if Trypticon were ever going to be a thing, which that sentence itself is is an oxymoron almost, <laughs> um, you could play even the score. See, I don't get it. that one. That one's so bad. I don't get it. Like that one's like it's so bad. It's one of those like I, I don't know. I got nothing. It's one of those that it had to cost it because it's too powerful an effect without it. But like in the end, it's another one. It's it suffers from the thing we talked about way back in the beginning of the show, which is like you it may not happen. It's right. similar to the counter spell thing we talked about earlier. Like just it, it may not happen, so you just wasted your entire phase. And in this situation, wasted it, wasted a star also. But again, you're right though. Like getting getting extra copies of it can't hurt. Yeah, it gives you. <sighs> But still, it's it's two, so you're you're not getting a full playset. You should see it more. It doesn't mean you're going to. It's not something reliable. You'd certainly be including it more for the double orange pit. But by the same coin, you would wouldn't you rather just have mounted missiles then? I mean, this is after you've already. I'm talking about decks that may want to somehow get to four star cards. It's star card number four. There's no mounted missiles number one. Yeah. I, I can't. I literally can't even see an argument where you would ever not include Optimus um, as one through three. Yeah, I'm. I'm in that same boat, and it's. I mean, that's exactly why I. I maybe it's not. A, it was the wrong way to phrase it that this would be the better one, but it's certainly the more obvious one, I think, and. It, maybe it'll end up being more prevalent because of that, just because it's like, all right, well, I have a spare star, I'm playing an aggressive deck, all right, stuff into mounted missiles and this thing. Because again, I I think you can substitute arbitrary or or make the aggressive all Decepticon configuration more readily. Maybe that's not actually true, but in my brain, that's how it's working. See, it, it, the, surprisingly, though, in both the major, well... I guess Insecticons can find a way to use this easier. No, not really. No. Like, in both the major Decepticon aggro decks, they're, they're, they're 25 stars. Like, like 
I mean, I, well, I guess, but Airstrike isn't, but it's because of auto. It's no, no Decepticon partner. There's no Decepticon partner that it, it doesn't allow you to get the 25 stars. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be some, as opposed to a thematic tribal one, that it would be some kind of hodgepodge with, again, Fangry plus stuff of, mm-hmm. I'm just playing the good guys that are, yeah, I'm playing yeah. good stuff dot deck and including mm-hmm. extra uh, double pips, which it's hard to go wrong with that when you're playing orange, so. Yeah, I mean, especially if you start to hit, like, nine, ten, or no, I'm sorry, eight, nine doubles, like, you know. And especially ten. with, like, say, Fangry, where you have bold 16,000. Or two. <laughs> well, he has two, and then he's going to have a, you know, like, yeah, 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 you, three, yeah. yeah, he's going to have innate, and then that's before, presumably, you're going to play the Super Chargers. No, he won't have three. He won't have three. Because the head will count. That's a character, so it won't work. Do we know that for sure? I'm 99% positive. I mean, that's how I would interpret it. So so you're correct. So he will only have the two. You'll probably lean more bold base given the... I mean, it's going to depend on deck slots, of course, but I would expect you to be slightly more bold base simply because you'll have more double pips. Um, so this is 100% why those heads are the faction of I would agree. Like, now that we're saying this out loud, I... I mean, I kind of assume that that's how it would work anyway, where it's very much, it, it's kind of like how the deployers work. It's like, technically, you show your opponent your team, and then they start the game in under things or, or attached to things or whatever. No, it says they start the, they start play in, in, in head mode, which means, like, you don't come to the table and, like, here's a head. You come to the table with the bot, and then they immediately quote flip to head mode. Right. I think from a game, uh, I don't want to say etiquette, but that's the word that's coming to mind. Perspective, in sort of informally, it would be, or formally, it would be, you present your starting team to prove that it's twenty five stars, essentially. Right. You know what I mean. Right. Then you move everybody to where. So when the game begins, yes, he's they're in head mode, but you would if. It, because it says your starting team, they are part of your starting team as you would quote unquote present it. That's why I think mm-hmm. they're going to end up counting. Or yeah, at least I that's agree. how I'm. Again, that may just be my brain telling me that's how it works, but I agree with you. Um, I'd be shocked if it doesn't work that way. Yeah. But we have been known to be wrong before, so it is sure. possible. Many times, yes. So I know we're kind of speeding through Villainous Spotlight, but we're really going to jump into the general star stratagem discussion and there are a number of them outside of the two that we just discussed so we have beachcomber coming up we have the uh night racer one that you had mentioned before there was road busters uh there may or may not because i think we're still missing some stratagems so there's the outside chance that there's a couple more lurking these really seem to shake up and in a good way a lot of deck construction, or I'm expecting them to, but do you do you think they're really going to have that much of an impact, Scott? I don't know, because I, I don't I don't set out to make 24 star card decks. Um, so I, I don't, it's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact whether they matter or not. I will say that in the case in the case of the low-cost characters that have strategies that 
for these. So I think that's specifically Beachcomber Night Tracer. Mm-hmm. I don't mind turning them into a six or seven drop. Like it doesn't bother yeah. me that much. By the same token, you could consider any five, six, seven drop with the appropriate spotlight in the same vein, assuming there's something yeah, interchangeable. Um, yeah, I would fair. I would kind of agree with you right now. I'm not super enthusiastic about Roadbuster, even though he it, he seems to. I mean, yeah, the spotlights are going to be more generic, but he seems restrictive on top of being... He's restrictive in multiple ways, I guess is how I'll put it. it. Both the cards that he enables you to use as well as the star cost. So it, it limits all of your options. Whereas these ones, to your point, if you assume that you're tacking these on to tiny characters, it's not that extensive of a cost to pay. Right. And you can now use them together. Um, the question for me is just like, which of them allow you to use, like, do the star cards matter? That's the question. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think we've been very fair when we're evaluating cards in our many multiple months of doing this now, not just for the set, but in general. Like, I think we've always said, like, we haven't really looked at the fact that a lot of things are star cards. Like, they're, we just are trying to evaluate them on their own merit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure how many of them matter. Um, like, just based on being able to play them as cards. Like, obviously, getting more double pips matters. Yeah. And probably is the thing that matters the most. But, like, honestly, like, you can't. It's the, the one that probably sees the most play can't even be played in some of these. Which card was that? You cut out for a bit. In Leap of, Leap of Faith can't even be played by like the Decepticon or Autobot ones, and that's probably the best card, star card that sees play for its actual card text, right? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you can make the argument that Mounted Missiles as a as a card, but um, I'm trying to think as I'm watching stuff scroll. I mean, I still like Bolt of Lightning, but even when I have been able to use it again out of combo for a wish-based board, it's been challenging to engineer the scenarios. Now, that deck was not your typical build, so of course it made things weird, but yeah, I'm watching them on this rotation that I set up, and even as I was setting them up, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want a lot of these to begin with. As actual cards, right? Yes. It's just about the pips. Yeah. Now, you do have unique scenarios, like the Soundwave one just went past. I'm I'm curious, maybe not specifically for Soundwave, but um, Deployers, and again, when we had mentioned Omega, Tidal Wave, uh, all these other oddball teams, because it's not often not just a single character, do these let you do more creative things with those extra stars outside of just, okay, I have more double pips? Uh, I guess like Blaster could use Interpret the Airwaves. I just took it out of a binder. Yeah. Interpret the Airwaves. Um, I mean, that means sacrificing uh, Fire Drive. Yeah. So you have to. Which there are feasible alternatives, don't get me wrong, but it is definitely a departure for Mm -hmm. what you would typically be doing. So you have to Mm -hmm. be very careful about it. I expect we're going to see 
so outside of the hey everything's hot fresh and new we're gonna try everything out i expect that we're gonna see some of these moving forward like i've said it many times before but whenever these new mechanics card types whatever get introduced some of the and i'm putting the what i'm calling the star stratagems in a different category than the the remainder of the stratagems one of these has to be good at the very least probably more than one but are they good because of the cards or are they good because the, just good because right like I mean, good because of the pips you said yeah well i mean is it so again the, the villainous spotlight one i'm sure there will be a decepticon based aggro deck that utilizes that to get mounted missiles and yes it is primarily because of the pips although that one is better than most star cards as a card um but i don't know if i'm i get what you're saying i don't know if the distinction is meaningful enough to matter like i get it's it i think it's going to breathe life into the fact that some of these other characters are plus one star get two mounted missiles plus one star get two emp waves or you know arbitrary double blue energized field whatever and I think that's good enough to maybe push. Yeah, that card. Yes, that that's the better one. I couldn't think of the name. Yeah. Um, point being is, I think some of these other characters that have been riding the pine, sitting in binders for for months, or would have if these didn't exist, are going to have life breathed into them. Obviously, I'm talking about the uh, the the spotlights, not beachcombers, because obviously that's contingent right. on whether beachcomber right. matters. Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't, let's talk about, uh, Night Racer for a second. So, like you said, we typically don't go over these because it would, uh, revealed by a team member, but do you, do you care about the extra two secret actions? I mean, if she's going to give tough one to my team, I care about having double blues in my deck. So yes, I guess. But are you willing to, so... The double blue, it would have to be, I think the only double blue is Heroic Her- Resolve, secret secret action, correct? Yeah, yeah. So she's six, so you're doing, and not saying that this is going to be it, but Galaxy Prime, her and Stratagem, four drop? Not in that scenario, no. Right. I'm just pitching stuff to further the discussion, that's why. I'm not going to do it in Jetfire either, but if you tell me... If you, if you tell me that I'm a 13 drop with a different six, like if I'm a 13 drop with two flamers, like if I'm if I'm shockwave and play her and a stratagem, well, that would be a bad scenario because you can't you can't even use the heroic resolve. So I, I mean that's know. part of the problem. Yeah, you have to have it, it. And again, I think that's one of those interesting obviously wizards thought about these scenarios <laughs> and they're uh i mean shocker that they plan stuff out right uh yeah they they thought of some of these scenarios and i'm very curious how like that one would shape up because of that um there are other ones that are in a similar category i really like the generic ones the most the spotlights i mean i guess they're not generic i mean beachcomber is very generic you know you have one of each so i guess yeah i've I'll be honest, I haven't really thought a whole lot about Beachcomber. <laughs> it's more just about thinking about whether the star cards matter, right? I get it. So I guess we're 
the point of all this is that we're in agreement that the star do not compare to the pips, right? For the so, most part. I mean, it's hard to see. So, like, it just came across the screen, full loadout. I looked at it at points when we were building combo way back when. Combo, right. Yeah. Or like, uh, overwhelming advantage checks, right? Well, I was actually looking at it for um, early editions, or early versions of the Daring Escape deck, because it's, it, it's like, okay, well, I'll dump a whole bunch of upgrades for a single play. Right. Uh, like, as a new design's effect, um, especially when we were toying around with the wishable board and blah, blah, blah. I, we don't need to go into it, but um, the idea is... Yes, I agree. Most of these are not worth it as actual played cards, which is interesting given that they cost stars. <laughs> yeah, it's just it again, I get wizards ratcheting things up and trying to not push the envelope too too fast too early, but like I'm not excited to play blast suit now. <laughs> if I if I could fit it in somehow, like <laughs> uh I'm just not. I, I don't know. No, I think that's that's so I think and that's fine. Like I think I, I think it's interesting then that they continue to print um handheld blaster and uh Improvised shield. Improvised shield when they seem infinitely more playable than than the other options. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I I don't know. It, and I'm curious going forward. So outside the scope of this particular set, we're obviously going to get star cards down the line. Does this tell us anything about the the power level for other star cards? I mean, I'm sure we'll get other good ones, but are they going to be very very tepid with trying to push the power level on these as a result? Because now you don't have to go to i mean you still have to contort yourself to include them but not nearly as badly as you did one set ago no and, and specifically you don't have to contort yourself to get which is the key mm-hmm. i mean we made the argument numerous times or should have should have been green because you're investing you're investing part of your starting team which normally starts the game in play, always is, quote, in your hand for a card that's randomly in your deck that you may not ever draw. And right. you, I guess, well, you may not flip it during the combat that you actually want to flip it if it's the case of the double. Right. Um, which is why, again, like, your recon systems and your pins and removes and things like that are, are playable because they don't care what combat you're in. Um, so like you're trading a lot of guarantees for a lot of not guarantees. And I think that's an issue and even getting, even even getting a second one in your deck now, yes. Does that mathematically help you? Yes. But like I've ran the numbers. What happens if I have nine double oranges in my deck? How does that compare to having six? And when you go from six to, to nine, it's a big jump, especially when you, start having bold numbers. Hmm. But like is going from nine to like there's a diminishing return factor. Like, you know, I guess going from nine to eleven is not gonna be a bad thing, but like now you're talking about, you know, four four unused stars in your deck. And like at some point it just becomes you're you're starting to depower your deck too much. Right. Presumably. Like I, I guess I can't just make that statement, but 
Right. I think presumably you are. So, right. I don't know. It's it's a long way of saying I don't know. Like, I agree that like a lot of times, if you were going to have one left over, it's going to be just it's going to be very easy to now have to now jam in two star cards, and I think that might make a difference. But is now having eight versus six matter? And again, the math will show that it does, especially because now, like we talked about this during um, when we talked about Fangry, but this is don't. Fangry's not again not a good example for this because he won't actually have this head to let this proc. But like when we talked about Fangry, we said when you're flipping five cards, you know, once you get to six, that's when you should be, you know, you should be hitting your doubles so between six and six and seven. Well, same situation. So if you can get yourself a consistent bowl two to three during every combat, you're gonna start flipping a double at the time mathematically. Right. So you are gonna hit a point where these really start to matter. Yeah, I again, I'm more enthused by the two spotlights that we already talked about a lot, but I really think the the it, those are both going to encompass the hodgepodge decks where it's Fangry plus three other Decepticons that are aggressive, and then the Omega Supremes and Tidal Waves and Fort Maxes of the world where you can do something mm-hmm. weird, and it's just it, to, and where I'm going with this to your point, get the redundancy in pips as opposed to the card text there i'm struggling to find where it's like we don't have any green star cards like you said so mm-hmm. you just don't have the ability to consistently ensure that your deck is going to function in the capacity that you need it to even by doubling the number of that particular star card via the spotlight or if it's Beach Comer or Night Tracer, doing it that way. Um, yeah, like it's very easy to grok mount it. It always does too. Right. Like it's 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 kind of like zap. Like it always does. Like it, the situation is very similar. Like I don't know that the the other one. It's very hard to like be like this always does. I mean, I guess leave of faith two cards. Like you know, like it's when when they're very obvious like that. It's it's simple. Like, but like yes. Bolt of Lightning always does three damage, but it doesn't always show up and do three. Like, it doesn't always do three damage, because if you flip it, it does nothing. Exactly. Like, literally nothing. So, that's the problem. Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I do, and again, I anticipate one of these has to be good. <laughs> and like you said, the, the Villain of Spotlight has my vote for at least being one of the options, simply because pick your four best or three best aggressive options and jam and mounted missiles call it a day uh the autobot one's going to take more thinking the other ones up for debate but i don't know is pretty nuts so yeah i but all the secret action cards don't care about autobots right now all this all the, i think all the secret action based cards are well no i just did an article on this so <laughs> I think they, but I, I think they are all weren't they all oh except for mirage except for mirage they were all Decepticons. Right. So you're going to so, have to jump through some extra hoops. I mean, we still have some cards to go, but not many characters, which is going to be the real defining moment for the Autobot Spotlight. It would shock me at this point if there were not star card secret actions we haven't seen yet, because there's two stratagems that, that, that look at like star card potential secret actions in some way, like the one that will definitely looks at them and the other one that 
can look at them, like I'd be shocked if we didn't get them. Because we haven't got a lot of star card. The only star card we've seen is the one star card secret action, right? Yes. And then and the stratagems, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, so here's the the last question I'll ask you: Is this? Do any of these make your lucky dodge deck work, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it goes in the safeguard deck along with the optimal. There it is. <laughs> Obviously, it's all over. It, it's all over, but the crying, I guess, for mm-hmm. that deck anyway. Um, so, any other thoughts on the star cards, the uh, the star card stratagems, or anything else you want to throw in here, Scott? No, I, I just think for people that are looking, I, I think, and I, I don't know that anybody hasn't done this, but basically, you're just trying to jam up more doubles in your deck, and, and I think that's the way to go. Right. I think that's what's or, going to boil down to, pending these ones you're talking about that we're probably going to see. Because I agree yeah. with you, we haven't we have an abnormally low number of star cards and reveals so far. So I'm sure we'll see some. Yep, agreed. So, well, that'll do it for us, folks. Uh, a longer one, but there was a lot of important news that had to get covered as well as the reveals. So, well, everybody out there, stay safe and healthy. Um, we're we're going to keep trying to bring you as much content as we can, either through, obviously, other tech talks, but other media as well to try and give everybody a little bit of an escape. If so we could go into the offices, we would print out proxies, but we can't, so you get to yeah. get our ghetto proxies that we're going to use. So. Uh, I'm going to have to try to find a way to print because I won't be able to read the cards if I write them, So, um, <laughs> and I'll never remember the text. But anyway... Yeah. So, everybody out there, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and please tune in next time for more Tech Talk.